0: Well, the good news is you look somewhat less red than you did on Sunday. I'd... You also don't have the, uh, the shouty, angry, you know, cave troll of a somewhat sunburnt human being. Oh, I was not in a good place Sunday night. I was
1: not in a good no, place. No, I could, I could tell. And then I struggled to get any sleep. And I woke up Monday morning and I opened my eyes and I wanted to vomit. And then I went to stand up and the world just wanted to become a helter-skelter. And my eyes didn't want to work, and I took myself to work, and stood through the ridicule of being called a traffic cone, and everyone telling me how I'd light up the room, and all the rest of that, to the point where it got to the afternoon, and I'm shivering, even though the office is really hot, and I'm like, we've got a fucking heat stroke. <laughs> I've been told to go home Monday afternoon, I was like, I've got too much to do, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be fine, I'll just, I'll just man it out. Monday night, I went off the deep end. Monday night was really bad. To the point where I managed to get go to bed, feel like I could get some sleep. Every time I nodded off and rolled over, my face hit the pillow and my pillow hurt and woke me up. <laughs> I, I just
0: had to phone work and go, I can't come in, I've got a heat stroke. Well, Damn, living up to the best of uh, English traditions of getting heat stroke in March. <laughs> the beginning of March as well. In fact, you've got heat stroke in GMT. <laughs> You got heat stroke on a,
2: in a week when it snowed in Durham. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but
1: that's because it's grim up north and nice down south. Headline read, Xbox gamer goes
0: outside for three hours, dies of heat stroke. <laughs> well, I guess it turns out that a death by heat is fairly apt for the, uh, the ending of this film. Oh, look at that segue. It's like you're a fucking professional. <laughs> it's like I planned it. It's like I planned it. I didn't, but it <laughs> might be like that. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Remedial Nerding, the podcast where three nerds force each other to watch something that they really should have already seen. Your friendly neighbourhood nerds this week are Nathan, Dan, and me, Paul. Remember, there's no such thing as a bad nerd. Now, welcome to episode 20 of Remedial Nerding, part 3 of our journey through the Alien franchise with Alien 3. But you're glad they didn't actually mess around with the order of numbers, Nathan. I prefer to think of it as aliens as aliens as. So why did they have to pick you know whole rational numbers for the alien films? Why couldn't they have alien, alien i, alien e, alien pi, alien root three over two? It'd be mega nerdy. All of those except for alien i would
2: have. I guess that would have been the non sequence film. That would be the rogue one of the alien franchise.
1: Just picked up the case, and I was looking at the cover, which is pretty uninspiring, to be fair. It's got Alien 3 written across the top, and then the tagline for the movie is three times the terror. That's inaccurate.
0: It is inaccurate. Also, the way it's got the three in sort of superscript, it looks like Alien cubed rather than Alien 3. Which also doesn't make much sense. No, it's definitely not cubed.
2: I would say it's about 70% of
0: the terror. (laughs) (laughs) What I did find, though, I was, after really looking at Metacritic scores last week, I was going in with quite low expectations, because it's been a long time since I've seen this one. Going completely out of order of the film, the whole bait and chase bit where they're trying to get it into the the press, actually, that was quite good at getting the tension up. Mm. Not the terror, but the tension. It was kind of well shot, and it's only got my heart rate going up a bit.
1: Didn't they want to go back towards more of a tension thriller
2: kind of movie rather than all-out action. I'm not sure if they really achieved that, though. This is the first time I've seen it. It sounds like you've both seen it loads of times.
1: I've watched it a couple of times.
2: Not loads, but I've seen it you know, a few times. It only came out in the 90s, so I guess not 20 years of viewing like you have for the previous films.
1: It Wikipedia lists the release date as May 22nd 1992.
2: It's kind of weird that, despite being all super futuristic, weird things and then the things that are describing are kind of Victorian things, like a big lead mould. Somehow it looks exceptionally 90s. <laughs> it's got that kind of X-Files MTV feel to it. Yeah, it does. Can we can we get to the plot holes? <laughs> shall, shall we
1: establish the plot first? So there just happens to be alien eggs on the Sulaco as they're going to um, hypersleep. Yeah, plot hole number one. Where the hell do the eggs come from? Yep. It causes an electrical fire as it breaches one of the pods. And so the ship dumps its passengers into an evac pod and fires them off into space. Just as they happen to be passing a planet. They just happen to be passing it. Pod crashes. Ripley's the only survivor. Hicks is dead. Newt's dead. Bishop is irreparably damaged and just thrown on the scrap
0: heap. Oh, gonna interrupt a second. One of my favourite things of trivia about this is that Michael Bean, Brian, I don't know how you pronounce his surname, he got paid more for his likeness in this than he did for actually acting in Aliens. (laughs) Yeah, I read that.
2: He's not listed in the cast thing on IMDb. I don't know if he's in the Seymour section or not. But yeah, it seems like he was just one of the many people who did not want to be in this film.
1: How was he not on the IMDb list? Because he turns up at the end of the film.
0: No, you're thinking, oh, they've got the place Bishop, Lance Henriksen. Oh,
1: yes. You're right. Wrong guy. My bad. So Ripley's pulled away. She's alive. Turns out it's a penal colony filled with murders and rapists which is awesome. Doctor patches are up. Meanwhile, second face hugger has somehow stowed away on the evac pod, infects a dog. So we get our first four-legged alien. And then panic ensues, and they die one by one as the company
2: comes to collect them. Although I think detail that gives this a lot of its quality is, spoiler alert, the end of the film, it is discovered that Ripley is, I guess, gestating an alien queen. Yeah. And so rather than allow that process to reach its conclusion she basically does a swan dive into the furnace. And crispy fries herself, Dan style. (laughs) (laughs) To other plot holes when did she get promoted
0: to lieutenant because she was a warrant officer before?
2: Well she was a warrant officer on the Nostromo I assumed she got lieutenant as kind of a courtesy title when she got sent on the mission with the marines.
0: They did reinstate Possibly. her, didn't they? No, she went as a civilian like SME, subject matter expert. She wasn't part of the crew, she wasn't commissioned. Because she had a flight status revoked, she was just working as a loading handler. I think the deal was she was going to be reinstated, but that mission
2: never completed, so I doubt they did the paperwork.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. But they found out quite a lot of information just from the, the name stenciled in the back of her underwear, given that they, they did say that was the only way they worked out who she was. I would like to say I was
2: really annoyed that most of the main characters in Alien 2 that were such a big um, ride to save, just die in a car accident on the way to the first, next film. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Newt, who never even gets a name. It's just the girl. But then I guess they do look sad about it later on. If anything, it is Hicks that gets the, the least shrift.
1: Did you look at any of the differences that were meant to be in the, the film and what, what was cut and what was in the... Not the director's cut, because the director walked away from it, but the alternative version.
2: Um, I read the Wikipedia article, which mentioned some crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that's all I read as well. I did not
2: have a clear enough grasp on the film as it was to start entertaining hypotheticals for what it could have been.
1: I had not gone through and watched it, but reading some of the crazy stuff, like a full gore autopsy on Newt, that saw the test audiences just walking out of the theatre. Hmm. I'm not even sure if that made it into the assembly cut. I don't think it did. I think that was just left on the floor Yeah, where it was meant to be. I did like the fact that they referred to the newborn dog alien as the... As a doglin. Doglin would have been fantastic.
2: I guess it would have changed the tone.
1: They
0: called it the Bambi Burster. They did call it the Bambi Burster, yes, because it got... Like fully fledged legs, so it could run.
1: But that was the difference in the alternative version, wasn't it? It wasn't the dog that was infected, it turned up on a cow.
0: Yeah, and an ox. So it had bull
1: horns in that version.
2: Oh, did it? Was that something that got carried over into Aliens Colonial Marines? One of the most roundly despised games ever was that there was a big roster of different animal forms.
1: Yeah. And. If I remember rightly, around the time that the film came out, you could get a bull alien action figure, because my little brother had it. And he had a little spriggy head that did a whole butting thing, because, hmm. you know, that that was big. Gotta say, though, the CGI didn't seem to hold
2: up. <laughs> it looked exceptionally 90s, is what I thought. It did, yeah. I guess that's a difference, because the... I actually thought the special effects in 2 weren't always that great, even though they were... Practical. I guess it was more guys in rubber suits then. Whereas in this case it was 1992's... Or was it 6? 92? 96? 92. 92, 1992's finest MTV computer graphics.
0: Sharknado level of stuff.
1: I think the the wiki did say that they had a guy in a rubber suit for one part that was adapted so that he could walk on four legs.
0: Yeah. And they had some bits that
2: were done with a puppet, I think. Yeah. But there's one particular scene where... I think they shine a light to reveal that it's clinging to the ceiling, which is quite a cool mm. moment, but it d- did make me think
0: that's a mediocre to poor computer model. So, one thing we mentioned last week that I uh, twigged is quite how many famous and famous British actors yeah. that are in the film as well. Oh, yeah, there's a there's lot. Really there's... strong British cast. Yeah. Charles Dance, Paul McGann, Pete Bosselthwaite, I think I saw. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I'm not really sure
2: why or how famous these people were at the time. This is the problem with it. Whenever I see a film that's, what, 20 years old?
1: There was there was even a Doctor Who in there, wasn't there?
2: Was there? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Paul McGann. Yeah. But he hadn't been Doctor Who at this point, I don't think. I don't think I was aware that Paul McGann was ever Doctor Who. He was Doctor Who in a made-for-TV movie, yeah. Oh, kind that's of post, right. Um, post-cancellation of the, the original run of the series, and significantly before Christopher Eccleston came back. Yeah, the little island between the, the 80s run and the 2000s run. They test the water... In terms of other actors, I'm just having a look at Charles Dance's filmography. Film wise, he had done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight films before okay. Alien 3, of which, let's so see, what do I recognise? I recognise one of them, which is for your eyes only. Hmm.
1: Apparently, um, Charles Dance's character, um, The Doctor, was uh, initially offered to Richard E. Grant. Can't say I can see Richard E. Grant in that role.
2: No, because he would all have been pretty young at the time as well. Hmm. I mean, I guess he is meant to be a romantic lead, but then a romantic lead opposite Sigourney Weaver playing someone who has a teenage child. She had a
1: 75-year-old dead child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a teenage well, child that died <laughs> several years before. At the age of
2: 75. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been trying to work out during this films what the physics are, because it's really weird how few sci-fi films deal with time the way it actually flows.
0: Well, that is what that's one of the other big plot holes with this is so they get to Fury one six Fury Fury sixteen, whatever it is called. Where's it gone? Fury one six one. There we go. And they say put the call back to the company and Ripley's a you know, it's a couple of days for her to recover, and then there's what, a day, maybe two mm. before the climax of the film. So the whole film's only supposed to be set over four days. And they've sent a ship from Earth in four days.
2: Yeah, at well, some point he says something like it'll be oh no, this was in two, wasn't it? He said a rescue ship would come in 17 days.
1: Well, that was before yeah. that was that was when they'd be notified they were overdue.
2: Yeah. But in any case, yeah, because the way physics actually works, I think you could send a message and they could take off and get there in 4 days, except it'd be 4 days as they perceived it and it would actually be 65 years as you perceived it.
0: It would also kind of question the requirement for hypersleep on the ship. You'd kind of need it on the planet to wait for the ship to arrive. Yes.
2: Yeah, that is the thing with actual physics, is that hypersleep, probably not necessary if you can accelerate enough, because you can go anywhere in an arbitrarily short amount of time, as you perceive it. Yeah, yeah, if you go fast enough. Yeah, if you go at yeah enough repeating decimals of percentages of the speed of light. It's just that if it's four light years away, then a minimum of four years is going to pass in the
0: reference frame of Earth. I think what we've done here is we've applied too much logic to a film. <laughs> And particularly, a not particularly scientifically robust film. Well, that's
2: also true. Something I did read on the Wikipedia is that there was at least some script version kicking around at some point in which it was an actual monastery that they were on. There was a script
1: version where Sigourney Weaver wasn't even involved.
2: There were quite a lot of script versions to this, yeah. I think that may have been because Sigourney Weaver did not want to be involved. well why she got a 400% pay rise over the previous film. Yeah. Which was itself a, what, 20,000% pay rise over the one before it, or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it did kind of keep that monastic vibe in a way, even though it was now a prison. Because um, most of the prisoners apparently are now super religious, and it's already all male.
1: Yeah, weird
2: kind of Christianity that's mm. taken root. This is some, Did I miss something that in the film that they explained at any point? Or is there something known from elsewhere in the franchise? They refer to it as a... Prison specifically p- for people with two Y chromosomes.
1: Double Y. I don't think it's anything mentioned in the franchise, but you can get double Y. I think I've looked this up before when I've watched well, it, and I've yeah. Questioned I think
2: it. real world double Y is it's perfectly fine. Most people who have it don't know they have it because it never presents any problems.
1: Yeah. Google what it is now.
2: But presumably it means something. I mean, Y chromosome is um, what makes someone genetically male. So maybe they're just super male. <laughs> you're a double man. <laughs> hmm. I mean I say genetically male because also interesting fact a small percentage of women just have y chromosomes but
0: don't know it because why would you ever know it. Well, there's a good house episode about someone like that. I just I found a website here called Xenopedia and it's talking about what it's a wiki <laughs> based on the uh, the franchise. And it's got what YY syndrome or double Y syndrome a genetic mutation present in some males in the 22nd century. Specifically, it's a deformity of the XY chromosome pair resulting in the YY pattern. This gives the affected person a predisposition for antisocial behaviour, specifically very brutal crimes. So it's the bad dude gene. It is the bad dude gene. In the fiction
2: of Alien. Dan, meanwhile, is reading probably an incredibly dry genetics page on Wikipedia. I am. Uh, in, in real life, you get X-Y-Y, so just a duplication of the Y chromosome. Oh, right. Yeah, I've got a suspicion that if YY was a thing, it would be like slightly increased in- incidence of color blindness or something. While well, we're talking about things I didn't get.
0: Go on then, Nathan. What, what else did you did you not get? Uh, something I didn't get. Oh, let's play,
2: let's play. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. Lance Henriksen has a brief role as Bishop from the last film, or more accurately, the voice of a puppet playing Bishop from the last film. And then he also turns up at the very end of the film...
1: As the man that built Bishop.
2: Well, Ripley says you're an android of the same model as Bishop, and he goes, no, I'm the dude who designed him. Yeah, But he's saying that in the middle of a sentence where every other statement is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) So I did not really get whether he's actually an android or... Because then someone whacks him with a fire extinguisher to little effect.
1: Yeah, it didn't have much effect on his being there, but he did have a big flap of skin with an ear hanging off for that last part of the scene.
2: Did he? See, I missed this. Yeah, his ear was hanging
1: off. And I'm pretty sure there was red behind it.
2: See, this is a, a kind of confusing. Well, so is he just meant to be a super dedicated Company cybernetics man. expert? Or was he actually, oh wait, you've got you caught me, I am a robot. But still. <laughs> I guess if there was red, that would suggest just um, super dedicated. Because the defining feature of synthetic people in this franchise has been that they're full of... White goop. Yeah, latex. Actually, a bigger question for you is, are synthetic people actually people or not? Because I'm a bit confused about that
1: if i'd googled alien 3 bishop human here ear hanging off and it seems to be a great topic of debate as to whether or not human bishop was actually a human or an android
2: i see so that's unclear just injected himself with some red food coloring <laughs> yeah he's listed credited in imdb lance Henriksen, as bishop 2 which would suggest a um, android but then i don't know if that's from the script or just what some imdb editor has decided to type in
0: So I'm just having a look at it on on VLC at the moment, and 85's just twatted him. Good old 85. Don't call me that. There it is, and his ear is hanging off, and it is red. But he's also extremely unconcerned that half of his head Mm. is hanging off.
2: Well, I'm glad that I don't feel quite so stupid for not getting it now, because it seems like you guys don't have a definitive answer. I hadn't ever even spotted it. Mm. Yeah, my question is whether synthetic people are considered people or not because they have a funeral for Mute and Hicks, and they're like, "Oh, what about Bishop?" Oh, I don't know,
0: he's in a bin somewhere. But then when Ripley does reanimate him, he you know, asks her to kill him effectively. Yeah, you know, so he seems he doesn't like a doesn't want re- to be rebuilt. Hmm. I think they are the uh, the dangerous form of AI in that they uh, they are aware of what they are and get treated like shit. Hmm. Uh, there's I
2: would love to tell you about a particular franchise that I enjoy that explores this in great detail, but I kind of can't because it's a big twif- plot twist. One of the characters is an AI and is in denial about it, and another of the characters is an AI and is kind of angry about it. <laughs> Go on, what's that? Uh, though, look away now if you don't want to know what that was a foiler for. <laughs> it was an extremely little-known game called The Walk. That is actually kind of an exercise app in disguise. It's just like a radio play that plays two and a half minutes every time you've walked 150 meters. Okay. Or whatever the ratio is, because that would make it not listenable to in real time, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you start out with... It starts out as a spy drama where there's this voice on your iPhone that is meant to be your, like, MI5 handler or something, who, when you've walked kind of... Sixty or seventy miles. People start commenting on how they've never seen her or had any interaction with her except over the phone. And I totally called it. She's a robot, <laughs> or more accurately, a program running on a computer somewhere. Anyway, <laughs> massive tangent. So, in on this,
1: we've got this: the um, the case for the man being an android beyond Ripley's suspicions is that one, he survives an incredible blow to the head, and two, Charles Bishop Wayland is a human character in Alien versus Predator. Um, Ergo Bishop 2 can't be human uh, Arguments against Bishop 2 Being an android um, Go as thus 1. He doesn't bleed like a droid 2. He suffers from the lingering effects of pain Unlike other robots in the series um, Best seen in the assembly cut And
0: 3. The script definitely states That he is human Well I think point 3 pretty much settles it there Although you wouldn't get that without doing some some other reading around it
1: yeah there is an addendum to that um concerning the latter point there is not one version of the ever-changing alien 3 script that depicts bishop 2 as an android everyone makes it clear that he's flesh and blood without a synthetic bone in his body in one early version morse hits him in the head with an axe bishops 2 stands there frozen reads the script then turns the morse axe stuck in head no wires no milk real blood Bishop 2 chokes out that he is not a droid, then dies. Well, there
2: we go. Bishop 2 is human. Now we know. Now we know. Now we know. Oh no, this implies terrible things are going on. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on.
1: <laughs> let's, just, let's just open up the uh, comment section to debate Bishop 2 while we move on.
0: Had an a- attack of Mitchell and Webb there. Yes, yes you did.
2: I have a question.
0: Go on then. Why
2: did Ripley not just say when she was defrosted or whatever, hey guys, sorry about this, I've been exposed to an alien parasite and we should really check very thoroughly whether or not it's here. Instead of saying, I think she might have a disease that's been extinct for 200 years, could you check that please? Yes, you need to look inside with a stethoscope or With a rotoscope? With a (laughs) microscope? With a... Periscope? No, no, that doesn't sound right.
1: (laughs) I think she called it a CAT scan.
2: Yeah, that'd probably be more efficient. I'm definitely thinking of something different, though. Let's move on.
1: That's what she did on herself. Yeah. Yeah. Why did she think that Newt, who drowned in her sarcophagus, was infected when it was her hypersleep pod that had the great big fucking melted hole in it?
0: No, no, that was Newt's. She said that was Newt's. When they went to do the autopsy, I thought that's why she did the autopsy on Newt, because the alien that got on Ripley went through the glass. Yeah, which is which is all smashed by the time. I thought that they it found it.
2: Ripley's one was
1: burnt.
0: No, I'm pretty sure that was Newt's. But well, I think also in Ripley's experience, if someone
2: is um, infected, they typically have between half an hour and an hour. So if it's already been an hour, she might think, "Well, it can't be me." <laughs> Rather than this one's
1: taken a little bit longer to cook.
2: Yeah. Because she only realises that she's infected kind of two-thirds of the way through the film.
1: Yeah, the the sniffy scene.
2: Yeah, that's the visual that I was aware of before I saw this film. It's the only thing out of this film that has actually percolated into the general culture. Is that one frame where the alien is kind of leaning in from the left and Ripley's desperately (laughs) avoiding it.
1: (laughs) By, by doing the only human thing she can and shutting her eyes.
0: Yeah, just lean against the wall. Nah, 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 I can't see you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Lots of people get snatched via the air vent in this one.
0: Yeah, it's a very vertical film, isn't it? There's a bit of a, a Chekhov's gun type thing in it as well, when Pete Postlethwaite's character is saying about seeing a loader full of the, uh, the toxic goo mm. blowing up. It's like, ah, well, this is obviously going to blow up then. <laughs> and you kind of know, in a film like this, it's never going to go in the way that they intend or want yeah. it to happen.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you something odd I've just noticed. I've got the IMDb page open to look at Charles Dance's page earlier. The summary for Alien 3 is extremely coy. This is the opposite of the Netflix one where it says, but it turns out he's not dead at the end of their summaries. In this one it says, um, when a serial killer haunts the facility, Ripley realises she brought along an unwelcome visitor. <laughs> Could it be one of the aliens From Alien 1 or Alien 2 Who knows
1: Look at the Scooby-Doo X ex- um, <laughs> I'd say that was
0: possibly unnecessarily coy
1: I like that I like that a lot
0: Yeah I approve
2: So this has an average rating of 6.4 I think Rotten Tomatoes gives it like 50% Rotten what? I'm not really sure what I just said Rotten potatoes? Rotten strawberries?
0: <laughs> well it, r- it rhymes with potatoes But happens to be a red f- red fruit uh, you spent too much time covering the American election Nathan You have You called it rotten tomatoes <laughs> Bad Nathan,
2: bad I did not think this was half as good as the last film <laughs> I don't think it's half as good as Alien 2 Sorry, that is, you can interpret that two ways, can't you? I think it is more than half as good
0: <laughs> as Aliens, so somewhere between fifty and a hundred percent.
2: If I was rating them on a scale normalised where the first Alien is a hundred, I think I'd probably go a hundred seventy sixty-five.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: it's quite, quite a quite good praise for Alien Three. So, if, uh, Aliens took quite a drop from the original.
2: Well, it was a big change in tone, and it went away from the kind of things I like more, which is. I'm a minority in that case, so... I guess I would say the first one felt like a masterpiece. The second one felt like not a masterpiece, but a classic. It was the kind of film that is known as a classic to people of our generation. I don't know how much of that is just because of the time it came out and the things that happened in it. Um, This one feels like a film. (laughs) I can see why it hasn't um,
0: survived quite as well, but I liked it. I liked the originality in it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Hmm. Yeah, As I said earlier, that whole bait and chase scene where they're trying to get it in The filming and everything running around with a lot of the film from the alien's perspective Got the tempo going nicely It it did well like the others did of building up tension as it got towards the climax
2: Yeah, I guess the, the alien was a lot less mysterious It did feel more like a tiger than ever before In that it's just this big animal that can kill you quite easily but it's not like the first film where you had absolutely no idea what was going on or the second film where they were constantly surprising you by oh, it turns out this is an enormous nest or the even the sentry gun scene where you don't know what they're doing or how long it's taking you just hear these horrible noises from off screen. In this one, it's just we're in this twisty maze with a tiger and have to run around a lot. That's probably a really good way to describe
0: this film. <laughs> I think that's probably a better synopsis than aliens brought a serial killer though. <laughs> yeah.
2: I thought there were some very strong characters, actually. I don't know if that's a, a really out-there opinion compared to most people's reading of the film, but um, I thought Clemens was a good character. The Doctor who's just completely sucked yep. up with regret and doesn't want to talk about it. There was uh, Dylan, who's constantly shouting. I don't think he ever delivers a line that's not under a shout.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed 85. He was quite a, an interesting character.
1: Yeah, but your favourite Red Dwarf character was also Arnold Rimmer, so...
0: <laughs> no it's not, the cat is my favourite <laughs> riddle of a character Just because he's such a narcissist
1: I thought the um, the superintendent was a good
2: character He was really annoying mm. Yeah, kind of intended to be though Yeah, this is rumour control <laughs> So what was 85's actual name?
0: No, uh, there
2: you go, Aaron No, I was just looking at the cast list But of course it's all headshots from ten years later
0: yeah, it's uh, Ralph Brown. Yeah. Aaron. He's
2: quite a well-known actor. He His character reminded me of Porridge more than anything else, which
0: was a bit of a tonal clash. His um... install was, apparently. Episode 1. Uh, yes, he was. He was one of Padme's guards or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, he wasn't. Rick Willy, really, he was one of the pilots. Oh, yeah, isn't, he, isn't he the guy whose
2: line is to say something like, we're losing droids first, but it doesn't matter because they're not people, and then later... <laughs> R2D2 save the day. Let's present him to the. Oh, he's the-, the shield generator
0: got hit. We really should have put a shield on it. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure that is him. Where else has he been? Oh, he's been in Jonathan Creek, Amistad, Touch of Frost, Ellen Pasco. He was in Waynesville too. Oh he was Del Preston in Waynesville too. He had to find about a thousand brown m ms to fill up Brandy glass, or Ozzy wouldn't go on stage. I had to murder them with their own shoes. I like to imagine the elaborate backstory
2: necessary to make all these characters exist in the same shared universe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he has been in a lot a lot more TV than film, but he has been in quite a lot.
1: What did you think about the, the musical score for this one compared to the other two? Did, it, did you feel like it f- managed to fit in with the rest of the franchise?
2: It may be that I'm just blind to musical scores because off the top of my head I would have said Alien does not have any musical score whatsoever. Which I think is incorrect, and I don't remember what this one is, but there probably was one.
1: Aliens has a pretty epic score, but then there are a lot of action and chase sequences.
0: You know what, I, can't, I couldn't think of any of music from Alien 3, or Alien, frankly. Mm. Aliens, I i do. There's not many
2: films where I remember the music in it, and normally I think that's probably a good thing. Um, John Williams' music, obviously, you normally carry away with you. The Jaws theme was obviously... Promoted to a major component of the experience. I think the Lord of the Rings music is quite recognisable, although I didn't at the time when I was watching the films for the first time. Hmm. Can of remembering it?
0: Yeah, the Lord of the Rings trilogy has got because it's, it's got a very um, unifying theme throughout the trilogy. Ah, hmm. uh, anything by Hans Zimmer is usually really distinctive.
2: You got any examples off, to,
0: off your head? Gladiator. I've definitely seen a CD of that knocking around somewhere, so it must be worth listening to. Didn't he Actually, do some that's of very the Batman stuff
1: as well? Or the Dark Knight stuff.
0: Uh, Hans Zimmer did Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, Hannibal, Last Samurai, Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, the Pirates of the Caribbean films.
2: Oh, that's quite familiar. Yeah. Uh,
0: he also did yeah Batman Begins, Dark Knight. He's, yeah, he's got he's, he's a very distinctive style.
1: See, the man would get to blame for the in every single film now.
2: I was thinking of that, but then I thought, am I thinking of Lost? Someone did a a cut of various transitions in Man of Steel putting the Lost noise in. No. I am unaware of the Lost noise. If you didn't watch Lost, then maybe we'll add it to the docket. But in any case, something they do extremely often is have someone say something kind of vague, and then there's a big audio noise on the track, and it cuts to a analogous or similar situation, but in a different time. So they like lead into flashbacks by having someone say something kind of linked. And as it turns out,
0: Man of Steel did exactly the same thing. Yeah, that's very strange. I did watch the first episode of Lost. I managed about three minutes before I, I, had, I had to rage quit. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Is it going to be something to do with aeronautics? Yes, it is.
2: Oh, dude got sucked into a jet engine that was not connected to anything.
0: Yes, that kept spooling <laughs> up with no, no obvious supply of fuel.
2: <laughs> yep, I watched roughly that far in the same episode and then gave up, but not because of the implausible aer- aeronautics, but instead because it re- I realised it was in Italian. I think I was watching a bad download in someone's dorm room
0: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, from what little I know of, Lost, I'm glad I didn't invest a huge chunk of my life into it I watched probably another 20 episodes
2: completely randomly out of order But as it turns out, that doesn't matter too much
1: I I think the first episode I watched a friends And they went, this is going to be amazing And I watched it and went, I could do without watching several episodes of these people's lives
2: the irony is, if it had just been them all living on an island and having to farm taro and um, make canoes, I probably would have enjoyed it more. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so I guess now we don't need to do an episode on Lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, Hurrah! Lost is done. Good, right, well, <laughs> now really we've come quite a long action. way from our, uh, yeah, quite a long way off track here. I
2: don't know what you're talking about. Space prison colony? <laughs> Lost. Directly obvious connection. <laughs>
1: probably exists in the same universe <laughs>
2: <laughs> two more features that this shares with the previous films and i'm assuming are going to turn up in resurrection as well although maybe they won't company still is really convinced this is a good idea to get hold of that alien
1: really convinced
2: yeah like we are definitely going to make a lot of money on this i see no downsides guys
1: <laughs> <laughs> so far it's only cost us trillions of dollars in terraforming equipment and a mm-hmm. few hundred people's lives
0: I would say, this time though, slightly less the company is the bad guy. Somewhat so, although when they turn up they do still... Do they kill a couple of people when they turn up? I seem to remember they do. They kill 85 and they shoot Morse in the leg. Hmm.
1: But Bishop 2 does try to apologise for Morse's leg. And they only shoot 85 after he clubs Bishop 2 in the head.
0: <laughs> On the back of the skull, yeah. yeah.
1: They are less evil in this, they just want Ripley and the alien.
0: Still for pretty evil stuff, but they don't initiate oh, in this film. They initiated it in the first film, and it carries on from that. But, uh...
1: <laughs> yeah, in this one, there's no additional
0: evil from the side of the company. <laughs> Just continued evil. It'll be interesting to see how you think that carries on into the next one.
2: Yeah, it's another film that where the main cast is a bunch of people working quite a low-status job. I mean, they were basically oil rig workers in the first one. I guess Marines is not quite so gruntish.
1: No, but Terraformers and surveyors in the arse end of nowhere hmm. could be quite low down, I suppose.
2: And then it's literally prisoners in this case, although I, that was something else I was not entirely clear on. Were they still prisoners, or were they kind of basically like Australian squatters
0: now?
1: They were still referred to as prisoners.
0: Yeah, but I kind of got the feeling they'd served their time, but because of their crimes and their double Y nature, they couldn't ever be reintegrated into society, so they were left there with a you know a couple of people to look after them. Yeah,
2: wasn't it kind of implied that Charles Dance, at least, was working there? He was incarcerated there. Hmm. And then got a job there as a civilian. Yeah.
1: They needed a doctor and he didn't want to leave.
2: But at least he kicked the morphine. I guess that's something I liked about this film, is that it implied that there was something going on before the film started happening. There was a previously existing story
0: to be told here. As opposed to like the original where they just you get woken up in the middle of the ship and you don't really know what they were doing. Where they were going?
1: <laughs> they they were hauling a big ass refinery through space.
0: Yeah, I mean,
2: there are some films where this kind of the world is in stasis until the protagonist arrives. I guess video games are worse for it than films are as a rule. But I like that there was a backstory in this one, which there isn't always.
1: Yeah, in the first one, the the characters' backstories and motivations aren't really covered, are they? The, the motivation is they want to get home. Yeah, that's it. That not for why they're travelling at all. So in the second one that the world did exist and it was still running. You know, the, the terraformers had been out to hmm. the planet. Hudson was coming up on being out of the core. This was like his last mission before that, retirement.
2: That's just so it could be his last day before retirement. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it, I was three days from retirement. I can't remember what comic it is I'm thinking of, but there's somewhere where the joke is you know, a policeman's funeral and someone saying, it's a damn shame he was only two days away from being sent to that padded room where all police officers go for the last day before they retire. <laughs> so, yeah, the ending.
1: The ending, indeed.
2: Three bullet points, I would say, to describe the ending. They come up with this plan to basically put it in a lead mould and then pour tons of hot lead on it. That doesn't
0: work. But then they spray it with water and it explodes. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure what the uh, the thermal expansion or contraction coefficient of lead actually is.
2: Also, it was meant to be like shattering from the temperature change.
0: Yeah. So they did. I thought they'd mentioned it. I thought sure someone shouted to Ripley remember the bucket. So when they had the massive explosion, it was the bucket that they were using to slop it all on was just in the middle of the fire. And when they turned the sprinklers on, it shattered. Which then led them to think about doing that to the alien once it came out covered in lead. I see. So the idea was, it was covered in hot lead, they poured water on it, the lead solidified and contracted and crushed it. So it didn't explode, it imploded. Except the visual effect was pretty clearly exploding. Yes, it was.
2: (laughs) I think I may have slightly missed the first example Which you were talking about earlier, where they accidentally, well maybe that's not what you were talking about, they accidentally thermally contract and shatter something and then think, oh why don't we use this later. I thought the plan was just, at the very least, it'll be at the bottom of a massive thing of lead, and also breathing lead.
1: It's never made entirely clear whether or not the aliens breathe anything.
2: Hmm,
0: yes. It's fairly, well no you're right, it's never clear, it's kind of implicit that they don't. Hmm. Does that imply that the alien well the alien from
2: one and the queen from two were both just floating through space saying, Well this sucks
1: <laughs>
2: Maybe like, what, like Bendy, early. You mean? Oh yeah. yeah, Bender or indeed Jubal early if he's got a really good suit. <laughs> Let me check the battery life on this thing. Sixty five years ah <laughs> Should have brought Netflix with me. <laughs> so that was two bits about the ending. Have you got a third one? Yeah, the third thing I was just going to say is that unusually it ends with the protagonist actually having to commit suicide. Ah, <laughs> uh, the, the phyric victory. Indeed. It's generally
1: a good way to end a series of movies.
2: Well, it's kind of the opposite of a phyric victory. If the phyric victory is um, where you win, but ultimately you've lost your strategic goals, this is the opposite. It's kind of, by def- by definition, you're losing, but you're
0: losing in a way that furthers your strategic aim. If you look at the Wikipedia stuff, one of the conditions of Sigourney Weaver doing the film was that Ripley died.
1: In the um, Assembly Cut version, the Queen doesn't come from a chest. I can't see how that would make that much of a cinematic difference or even a story plotline difference to whether or not it actually came out. I suppose visually, it bursting and her grabbing hold of it.
2: That is a metaphor for the whole series though, isn't it? To actually be um, grabbing onto
0: it as if to say, stay here, little bastard. <laughs> What's well, also been Ripley's greatest fear was that she got infected mm. Mm. Yeah, from all the nightmares she had in Aliens and then her worst nightmare has come true but she's managed to overcome the fear and stop it from escaping.
1: Truth uh, that, I'm pretty sure if she hadn't managed to grab hold of it, it had nowhere else to go but down at that point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true.
1: Why was the Nostromo's um, final entry log playing from the escape module at the very end?
2: Dramatic license, yeah to remind you that the first film was good
1: <laughs> yeah, go and rewatch
2: that one <laughs> I guess they would have taken uh, they might have taken it with them when they departed on the mission in aliens as a this is our briefing file on what we know about
1: I suppose
0: I kind of get the feeling that they weren't actually expected to make alien resurrection or another alien film at this point so they were using that to underline it mm. and bring it back to the closure at the end of the first film.
2: Yeah, insofar as um, the Alien franchise is Ellen Ripley and her terrifying friends, this seems like it's made impossible for there to be an Alien 4. And yet it was only five years later, it wasn't like a complete reboot of the franchise or anything. No, it wasn't. Although I say that, didn't Spider-Man have two
0: reboots in the span of about five years? Uh, not quite, but not for, certainly definitely, within a decade. Definitely
1: inside a decade.
0: Yeah. Now, from like, as you said, they're only five years apart, however, even though it was in the 90s from what I remember of Alien Resurrection, it was kind of the good end of the 90s. It so was the same year as Star Trek First Contact, which had fantastic special effects, and I seem to remember Alien Resurrection having yeah. decent special effects as well. Certainly a lot better than Alien 3.
1: Yeah, visuals were all about. I'll have to have a look see if they reverted back to using some practical effects as well as CG for that one or if they did just go full CG. I would imagine that they kept with some practical effects.
2: So I think 92 to 97 would also have covered roughly the period of time at which we started going to the cinema. Yes, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I saw First Contact in Theo Campton Carlton, or the Flea Pit, as it was affectionately known.
0: (laughs) Which has been since been torn down. Pretty sure First Contact was a 12. True. And Alien Resurrection was definitely an 18. Hmm.
2: (laughs) Yes. Although actually, uh, looking up the first film I ever went to go and see in the cinema with my parents, um, came out in 93, because it was Free Willy.
1: Hi! Ah.
2: The unfortunately named and now largely forgotten film about an orca.
1: An incredibly sad orca that needs to be freed from SeaWorld.
0: Exactly. The film I remember watching from 1993 was Jurassic Park. Yeah. I seem to remember the first time I saw that was on TV, so it must have been later in the 90s. But If it came out in 93, that meant I was, like, 9. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was a PG, because I'm pretty sure we went to see it with my little sister.
2: PG-13, according to this, which would have been the American listing, American rating. It was PG, given PG in the UK. Hmm. I think the UK ratings generally are a bit more lax than the US ones.
0: Yeah. I did like how for the... Spider-Man films—they basically invented the twelve A, which basically was exactly the same as a PG. Mm -hmm.
1: You can take your kids to it, but we recommend that they be twelve. As opposed to Ghostbusters, which was a PG, and that was terrifying as a child.
0: Uh, I see. I find Ghostbusters a hell of a lot less terrifying than Jurassic Park because it's far more obviously not real. (laughs) But we'll find out what Nathan thinks about that in a few weeks' time.
1: Yes, we will.
0: So next week, Alien Resurrection. The seemingly impossible aliens four, Joss on to the rescue. What was it you described it as when we were discussing series two about it being set, you know, several hundred years in the future?
2: Yeah, I thought it was uh, Futurama style, hundreds of years in the future, heads in jars. Although Ripley's head does not seem like it's in condition to be put in a jar at the end of this.
0: Well, you're in. Well, you're going to find it interesting. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have resurrected you as a being of eighty percent lead. Twenty percent trace impurities. Maybe it's a uh, fantasy setting now.
1: <laughs> uh, I've got to enjoy this. Oh, movie. I can't
0: wait to see what you think next week.
2: No longer yeah. fully human, but partially time lord, which has allowed us to regenerate you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know how much it cost us. <laughs> the BBC is extortionate.
2: I'm very nervous about this one. Don't be. Because busy. I keep suggesting ridiculous things, and you guys just giggle. <laughs> Put your faith in Joss. I don't know, man. Joss has gone off the rails more than once. He's taking gambles and they don't
0: always pay off. I think he did all right with this one. (laughs) But we shall meet again next week and you can can let us all know what you think, Nathan. (laughs) Same
2: space time, same space channel. It's definitely not the same space time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a week later. It's a week later and the space coordinate's irrelevant. It could be anywhere. I will give you it's the same space channel, though.
0: Are we on a space channel?
1: Someone gets this beam to their phone.
2: I, just for completeness sake, like to um, play it on iTunes and then the computer is linked up to an FM broadcaster on a long wave, just as pointed
0: at the sky. It's a good little ham radio.
2: Yep. I'm trying to talk to um, Abandoned Joke. I've forgotten the actress's name from Contact. (laughs) Oh, um, Uh, no. Yep. Abandoned Joke. (laughs)
0: Oh, abort, abort.
2: Abandoned joke. In any case, her dad. That's who we're broadcasting to. Spoilers for the film Contact.
0: Quick, quick, hang up before Dan says goodbye, internet. That's it for this week, peeps. Tune in next time for more remedial nerding.
1: Jodie Foster. Her name was Jodie Foster.